This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Welcome in to the Kansas City Chiefs victory party here at Arrowhead Attic. My name is Patrick Allen. Going to be joined shortly by some more of the crew. Sports Illustrated's Matt Verderam, Joe Summers, maybe some of the other guys will pop in. I don't know. I'm just jacked up from a crucial Chiefs victory. Kansas City wins 27-20 to over the Minnesota Vikings. And a little bit more of a nail-biter than we would have liked, but the Chiefs got the job done after being tied 13 at the half with the Minnesota Vikings sound out if uh, sound off if you're watching on the YouTube channel hit that like button make sure you're subscribed and let me know what you thought the final score was going to be before this one kicked off I had it 28 24 Chiefs pretty close Chiefs defense stood tall only allowed 20 points to this really potent Minnesota Vikings defense I'm really happy with how they performed we're going to get into all of it before we do, before Verderium gets here, just want to let you know, uh, we've got a special deal running right now with DraftKings. It's a new promotion. You don't want to miss it. New users can place a $5 first bet to instantly claim $200 in bonus bets. You will also be rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay even uh, every single day when you opt in. All you have to do is sign up with our code Arrowhead. Do it now. Use it for tonight's game. Using our code Arrowhead not only gets you these great bonuses, but it also directly supports this podcast. Uh, If you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure to use that code Arrowhead. Maximize your first bets and parlays. This offer is only valid to new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check out the episode description for full terms of the offer. Okay, good game for the Chiefs. Uh, Not perfect. A little bit of a, a little ugly in the first half, particularly in the penalty department. But uh, speaking of penalties, uh, if you check out my Twitter, it's one of my last tweets. Bills fans are just in a shambles right now over on Reddit because the Chiefs didn't get that pass interference penalty. Look, I think it was a fair call. I don't think it was pass interference. One, I don't think it was catchable. Two, They both have their hands on each other's chest. You see that all the time in the NFL. There wasn't, if the receiver had fought back towards the football, I think maybe you would have had a case for a penalty on that one. But the Chiefs got pressure. Kirk just threw it up. It was really nowhere near the guy. He was great coverage by the cornerback along the sideline. Had him walled off there. Uh, I think it was a good job by the officials to pick up the flag in that uh, situation. Should they have penalized... uh, Reed, I think it was Reed, for, uh, or was it Sneed? Reed or Sneed? It was one of them. You let me know in the chat. Took their helmet off? Yeah, they should have thrown a flag on that. That's that's penalty. That's an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. The ref told him to put his helmet back on. I mean, if you're a Vikings fan, you're probably mad about that. If you're a Chiefs fan, you're like, hey, ref, let him play. This is a close game. Don't want it to be decided because some dude took off his helmet. But, I mean, look, I it wasn't going to be – I don't think it really would have changed the outcome of the game. The Chiefs would have been backed up a little bit more than they were, but it still would have been first down. They still would have ran probably the same amount of time off the clock. They might even have been a little bit more aggressive and picked up a first down, and the Vikings never got the ball back. You don't know what would have happened, but look, nobody wants the refs deciding the game in this one. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I was a Chief, if I was a Vikings fan, I'd be mad if I was on the other side of that call. But if you're also if you're a Vikings fan and you're watching this. Look, man, you didn't lose the game because the refs didn't call an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on the guy taking off his helmet. You lost the game for many reasons, 
Alexander Madison dropping a, a, a screen pass that very well may have gone for a touchdown or at least moved the Vikings down inside the five. That's why you lost the game. Another reason why you lost the game is because your coach used all of his timeouts in the second half. Those are important in the second half. Take it from a Chiefs fan who's, uh, whose head coach is Andy Reid. Andy's been much better about his timeouts in recent years. But, I mean, that was just a brutal game management situation all the way through for the Vikings. The worst one, I think, was when he called the timeout when the Chiefs went out there on fourth down near midfield. And it was like clear that they were just going to go out there and, you know, try to draw the Vikings offside and then take the delay of game penalty and punt. But the Vikings coach just panicked and called that timeout. Absolutely brutal if you're a Vikings fan. I don't know what to say to you, but um, you've got the, the, look, the Vikings are good. If you were, and I said this on, in the halftime show, if you were coming into this game thinking because the Vikings were one and three that the Chiefs were just going to stomp all over them. That's a great atmosphere they have. I really want to go see a game in Minnesota. Those fans are super passionate. And that that offense is crazy dynamic and explosive. The Chiefs defense has been really good, but the offense has been sputtering a little bit at times. So I I thought from the beginning, which is why I predicted a four-point game, that this was going to be a little bit of a dogfight for the Chiefs. And it was going to be the, the best litmus test so far for this defense. And I thought that they just did an absolutely tremendous job. Gave up some plays here and there. But again, Justin Jefferson, Now I know he left the game with an injury, and I hope he's okay because he's an absolutely fantastic player. He's so much fun to watch. But he leaves the game with an injury. So that certainly helped the Chiefs down the stretch there in a tight game. I'm glad he wasn't on the field. But even when he was for the game, and remember Jefferson played into the third quarter, three catches, 28 yards. His long was 14. That was on six targets. So the Chiefs defense did a really nice job of containing Justin Jefferson, which is damn near impossible to do for a good portion of the game, holding him to 50% on its targets. That's fantastic. As Sports Illustrated's Matt Verderam joins us. Verderam was just talking about the Chiefs defensive performance against this really explosive Vikings offense today. Uh, what do you think of the Chiefs defense? I thought it was up and down, but I thought overall they, they did what they had to. I mean, look, they limited them to you know, 4.8 yards per play, which is a good number. Uh, they had a takeaway, first play of the game, uh, well, from scrimmage. They, you know, overall, I thought really hurt themselves with penalties. I mean, that really was the story of, of their defensive woes for much of the game. Um, and by the way, to put 4.8 yards in perspective, if they did that for the whole year, they'd be tied right now 23rd with the Colts. So, um, I thought defensively they did a nice job. I mean, Jefferson, even before he got hurt, really did nothing. He did not hurt them. The Chiefs put the clamps on the best receiver in football. Um, you know, if, if you're looking at a line from Justin Jefferson of three for 28 on six targets, you'll sign for that all day long. Addison had a nice game, 6-64, a touchdown. But I thought overall, I mean, look, Cousins, he threw for 284. He threw for six yards in an attempt. They sacked him three times. I thought the pass rush was hit and miss. Like the one problem I had in this game was I thought they should have gone to the blitz earlier. Okay. Cousins, Cousins does not handle pressure well. And once Jefferson was, was hurt, they really should have gone to it. But I thought even earlier before that, there was an opportunity there. Sneed, when he wasn't in penalties, was playing well. Um, I will say they, they weren't fortunate, I, I wouldn't say, in terms of the penalties at the end, because I didn't think Sneed should have been called for passing interference. I thought the ball's uncatchable. No. Um he could have been called for taking his helmet off. Yep. Like that could have been. Now I, I know that it was a changed possession, and, and like by the letter of the law, it's actually a correct non-call. But a lot of officials would have thrown a flag there. I thought all told, listen, they they still need to figure some of this stuff out offensively. But I thought in the second half of the game, started going to Rice a little bit more. You saw Ross in there a little bit more. I know he had a drop. I don't care. Keep throwing the ball to that kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kelsey got more involved, and thank God with him. I thought he was potentially after the season when he went down. So all in all, I thought the Chiefs played well. It wasn't a perfect game, but I thought it was it was good. Look, they went on the road. They beat a, a team that is better than its record, and they covered doing it. Like, yeah. That's okay. Yeah, I uh, the big thing for the defense for me in this one was just that they they struggled to get pressure with four. Yes, they I did. think the secondary played really well. I I. I'm really interested to see Charles and Menahue get back and get with this team because if he can help them create a little more pressure rushing four, lining up with 
with Chris Jones or, you know, just the ability of, of him going inside and letting Chris right. Jones move to the end. I think that could change things big time for this really good defense. It can. And, and also listen, I mean, it does have to be stated here. Like their secondary is really good. Like the chief secondary is really, really good. Okay. They have two number one corners right now in McDuffie and Snead to the point that I think it was KCSN put out a tweet a couple of days ago. They were like, are they the best duo in football? And I said, I can't go there yet just because, you know, McDuffie's barely even played a full season. And they're in the top three. I mean, they're they're right up there. I think it's probably the Jets with, with Hall and, and Gardner when they're healthy. But, man, they're up there. They're really, really good. So, um, I, I think – I think it's a game that you look at and go, okay, look, the secondary is where it needs to be. One thing I would say, stop playing as much zone and go to more man. Like, you're talented enough to just play man coverage. Just go to it. Stop being afraid of it. I thought that that drive that Minnesota scored on the last one that they, they punched in, I thought it was just an opportunity there where Minnesota just played pitch and catch in the soft zone defense where the Chiefs were kind of trading time for yardage. There was too much time left. You know, I don't – I don't like that. Like, be aggressive. This team is built on speed and corners who can cover. Go after these teams. Put these teams in a position where they got to block Carl Loftus and Jones and eventually a man who one on one. But uh, ultimately, listen, they they did a nice job. Bolton didn't even play, as John points out, and he's correct. Like they, they they did a very nice job. I thought overall that she should be pretty happy with their performance, but they got to figure out some things on offense. Yeah, you know, Minnesota ran the ball 18 times. The Chiefs only gave up 70 yards rushing. That's 3.9 yards a carry. That's where teams have hurt them in the past. And there were some question marks about their defensive tackles heading into the season. So you like to see that, especially without Nick Bolton in the game. Talk to me about the offense. Now, some folks will remember back when when you worked for Fansided and you were on the show every single time we did it, um, you would have been here uh, for halftime and, and, and you had some famous rants, verterants as they call them, at halftime. I, I did my best to stand in for you Thanks. about the carry ratio between Isaiah Pacheco and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. For the love of God, make it stop. At the half mark. Believe me, my, my dad's here, uh, and, and we we spent the entire halftime just screaming about the fact that, my God, how many times we can do this? How many more times? Yeah. How many times does Clyde Edwards-Alaire need to carry and gain one yard? I mean, for the, by the way, for those wondering, and he never got a, he never touched the ball in the second half of the game. Andy he watches three, the show. Three carries for four yards, and, two, and his long was a gain of two. I got to tell you, it's three carries too many. It's just enough. I don't care. Put anybody else back there. Run the ball with with, with Nick Allegretti for all I care. I can't take it. I, it is, and it's not a personal thing, but it's just what it is. Like, look, it's a football thing. He does not have the ability to hit the hole anywhere near the level of Pacheco. It's not even close. And Pacheco's game overall, you look at it and go, well, 16 and 55. But a lot of it was tough yardage, man. Like when they needed to pick up short yards, it was a lot of design short yardage runs. I'm sorry. Like Pacheco, I, I'm not saying give him 25 carries because the way he runs, he probably get hurt at some point. 16 carries is all right. I, I'd like to see him give him maybe 18 to 19. And it, But my thing is give, or, excuse me, give McKinnon the ball eight times a game. He's not going to keel over if he gets eight carries in a football game. Like, he's okay. They seem to think he will. I, I I really don't think he will. Like and and you know what? If you really think that, then bring up Prince from the practice squad on him run the ball. I, yeah, it's beyond me why they still do this. I my biggest problem in the first half of them offensively was certainly the CH thing, but then also they have they had a real problem early on just getting anybody open. Every time they showed a wide shot, and of course, look, you got to go back and watch the tape. But every time they showed a wide shot, it was Mahomes holding the ball, holding the ball. Like, nobody's open. The second half, it was much more about Rice and Tony and Ross. Even like, I said it last week, I'm to the point even more this week. For the love of God, for the love of God, get these younger guys the ball. I like Justin Watson. Hey, he had an unbelievable catch today. And I have no problem with Justin Watson getting snaps. Sky Moore. I'm kind of done with it, man. Like, I don't need to see Sky more every week for 60 snaps. And MBS, I think he'll be fine. I really do. But, like, MBS is off to a brutal start this year. He has seven catches in five games. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying I'd give up on any of those guys, but I'd give Rice a majority of the snaps. I'd He'd be a starting receiver for me. And Ross maybe wouldn't be a starting receiver, but instead of 10, 15 snaps, give him 30. Give him 35. I, I, I need to see him on the field more. That is my biggest complaint about them right now. 
Yeah, I'm with you. And it's evident that as soon as those guys get into the game, Patrick Mahomes goes right to them. Now, obviously, they're getting put in there and their plays for them, but they're they're open. As soon as Ross gets in the game, Mahomes goes straight to Ross. He did it multiple times today. Uh, he, on the touchdown to Rice, that was huge. That was a that was a, a very similar kind of pass to the ones that he's been dropping at times when he got that touchdown. He caught it, got in the end zone. I'm with you, man. I, like MVS has a place on this team. He he serves a utility for them and stretching the field and drawing defenders and all those types of things. But that's really all he does at this point. Uh, at least right now on this offense. So if I'm Andy Reid, Justin Watson, MVS, they're like the same guy. I don't want him on the field at the same time, but I got to I gotta take my hat off to Justin Watson. Uh, he just, you can count on him. Seems like every, almost every game for a couple of big plays down the field for, for Mahomes. And with nobody else doing that right now, he's the leading receiver on the team. I'll tell you what, man. That catch he made coming out of halftime on the deep ball, that's one of the best catches I think I've ever seen a Chiefs receiver make. Was it yeah. when that ball was coming down? I'm like, oh, he's going to get picked off. Watson came out of nowhere and just mossed the guy at the 50 yard line. That was incredible. If I was that guy in the Vikings, I would have faked like a hamstring pull or something. Yeah, right. right. I mean, just just for my dignity. Yeah. yeah. That was a phenomenal catch. And one thing about Watson, he catches the ball. Very rarely does he drop the ball. He doesn't run wrong routes. I get the whole like, well, Watson's not in the league, and he's not. But Watson does what he's supposed to do. My thing is, I really want to see more of, of Rasheed Rice. Like, really want to see more of him. Everybody will focus on the touchdown. There was a play in that game. I'm wanting to say it was early in the fourth quarter. They It was like second and seven or eight or something like that. And they threw a quick little pass to Rice on the outside. And he just put his head down and ran over the guy in front of him through the first down. Like, he wasn't dancing. He didn't try to make the guy miss. He was like, you know what? I need two yards, and I'm bigger than you, and I'm going to put my head down and just run you right over. And it's a play that gets lost at time. You're like, okay, it's it's 10 yards. It's fine. But that is the type of play that, to me, at times this offense misses, where guy catches the ball five yards, goes down right away. Rice catches the ball five yards, and that's like the start of the play. They need more guys like that. And then Ross, I understand he had a drop. I don't care. The play he made early in the game, that 20-yard catch down the sideline, there's nobody else in this team that's doing that. Nope. He jumped over that guy like he was four feet tall. Yeah. That guy, it was like that guy didn't even exist. He's like, that's fine, 20 yards. And if I'm if I have Patrick Mahomes as my quarterback, yeah, I'm taking one-on-one shots with that guy like yeah. all day long. So to me. You've got to get him out there. You've got to get Ross out there. You've got to get Rice out there. And to your point, he goes to him. It's not like he doesn't trust him. And, and, yeah. and last thing, miss me with all this crap about like, well, they're young. They don't know the playbook. Hey, guys, you're in the huddle. Hey, Rasheed, run a nine route. Hey, Justin, run a seven. Like, I mean, it's not like they're they're out there as quarterback and you're like, well, oh, they got to make all these adjustments. You, you got a million guys out there. You can tell yeah. them what route to run it. They don't know. I don't care. Put those guys out there and let them play. I, I firmly believe that's what you got to do. I think Rice could be a star, man. Get that kid the ball. Yeah. Ross Ross said the playbook for two years. He knows the playbook. He's fine. Get him yeah. the ball. I don't yeah. care about all this crap. Like, you know what? We we heard that argument for years with, well, you know, they have Demarcus Robinson. He knows the playbook. Who cares? He can't play. Like, I don't care. It, it's, like, it's like saying right now, well, you know, CH is more experienced. That's nice. CEH also runs like he's got cement shoes. Okay. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. There's no point. I, and that's why, to me, I will say, though, I was encouraged the second half of the game. They started playing those younger kids more and they scored two touchdowns right away. It's not a coincidence. They got into a much better rhythm in the second half. They looked like the offense they we kind like of expected to see yes. all year long. And we got a couple of super chats to get to. Uh, shout out to Shane Falco, who says the sample size is getting large enough. Time to start reducing sky snaps to others like Rice and Ross. And by the way, if you want, if you've got a question for us, fire off in the chat and we appreciate the super chats. It's another great way to support the show. Yeah, Verram, I think that that's the one that stands out here is two catches for 11 yards from Sky Moore. I think they were both sort of designed just to go right to him. At this point, the you got to get some production at some point if you're Sky Moore. Meanwhile, Rasheed Rice, who's new, has five targets. It's just it's just not working out with Sky Moore at the moment. It's not. It's not because the problem with Sky Moore is that 
if if you're not a fast guy, if you're not a burner, and if you're not a big guy, you have to run elite routes. You have to do that. And I wouldn't say he's a bad route runner, but he's not an elite route runner. That's the problem with this. And he was a great route runner in college. I mean, that's the hope that maybe sometimes he'll figure it out. But I do think there's a, a little bit of just, hey, man, like you've got you've to run these routes to perfection. You know, you're not Rasheed Rice, who maybe Rice doesn't run a perfect route, but the guy's huge and he's fast. Like he can just box a guy out. You know, it's kind of like, okay, so if you're in the NBA and you're 6'5, you can be a great rebounder. I mean, Charles Barkley was, I think, 6'4. The guy's one of the best rebounders of all time. You can be a great rebounder, but you've got to have elite instincts and you've yep. got to have elite technique. If you're freaking Kareem Abdul Jabbar, okay, you might get away with not boxing out perfectly. You're 7'6. Like, you might be able to get away with that occasionally. Rice and Ross, that's why it's beyond just the physical gifts. I think there's something to these kids of, like, look, man, Ross runs good routes. And Rice, to this point, has run good routes. And he's also done a nice job staying open late. Like, I I think in the end, I really believe this. At, at, at some point in the year, we're going to be sitting here going, yeah, these guys are basically the starting receivers on this team. Because they have to be. Rice, for sure, I think that. And Ross, if he's not a starter, I think he's going to be seeing far more time on the field. If no other reason, I think at some point Mahomes is going to be like, look, man, like it's enough. Get these guys in the field. If Ross is just such a weapon on the outside. They don't have anybody else like that. Dude, he on the can team. jump through the gym, man. That yeah. guy, I, I don't know how many people here remember him at Clemson, and maybe many of you do, maybe not if many of you do. First of all, he's listed at 6'4", 210, okay? I remember watching him at Clemson and thinking, this guy is unbelievable. I mean, as a freshman, he was destroying Alabama and Notre Dame, like to a point that it was comical. Yeah. Then he got hurt. And it became like, okay, what well, now? Now, you know, maybe he's falling off. He's fine now, man. Like that kid's healthy and he's rocking corners. I mean, at this point, I don't care if Mahomes has to literally say to him in the huddle, Justin, you're on the right side, wide, run a nine route. Cool. Great. I don't care. I don't care if Andy's got to scream it at him from the sideline and the whole team can hear it. I don't care. Put the most talented guys on the field. And let them roll because when they're out there, they make plays. I'm with you, man. There's not too much argument for me on that one. Those guys are good. They need to get out there. Um, Kadarius Tony made some plays in this game. Nothing spectacular, but he caught five balls, got some first downs for them. Yep. Um, they used McKinnon a little bit. I'm sure he was thrilled to get off the bench. Uh, can you imagine being Jarek McKinnon sitting there though? Watching there was a run for two six inches. Get the ball and just be like it's unbelievable. It, it really, and I know I get it. Like I know what they're doing. They're trying to protect these guys from getting hurt, right? Like because Pacheco runs like Earl Campbell, except he's not the size of Earl Campbell. And McKinnon has an injury history, and you have to. I will say this: you do have to keep in mind everything with this team is geared toward January. Everything they want to keep guys healthy. They want to keep some plays in the sats. So like everything is is geared toward the playoffs. But you got to win games now, too. And you can't just go into these games and say, well, we're not going to play our best guy for 50% of the snaps on, on a running back because, well, we, we want to keep him fresh. I, I'm out for that. I'm out on that. Like, I'm not saying give Pacheco 25 carries a game. But bring, up the, give, bring Prince in there and give him – I don't know, six carries a game. And if you can't do it, then give McKinnon those carries. But like, I, by the way, Jess, I could not believe me. You want no part of me trying to hit the hole. Okay. And that would be also, I hope we have an ambulance on standby. Um, but yeah, I'm done with the whole CEH thing for the love of God. It's enough. I mean, for this year, for the whole year, I'm going to look this up. So I, I, I morbidly have to know the answer to this question for the whole year. He has 28 carries. For 93 yards. I'm physically ill. <laughs> like, what are like, what are they doing with this? It's just, you can't even, like, in preseason, you're like, all right, they're trying to showcase him for a trade or whatever. Yeah, that 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 uh, horse has left the barn, folks. They're not trading him. So, I, I think at this point, you just you kind of live with the fact that it, it, it's over. It's it's all over. How, uh, how excited are you for a, a whole other week of people crying about the referees? And the Chiefs. You know me well enough to know my answer on this. I I just don't care. 
I don't care. Like I, I don't understand. So on Twitter, this is, I'm not trying to be self-aggrandizing here, but on Twitter, I have the super follower option and we have a, a bunch of great super followers who, you know, I do a spot with every Friday. And the reason I bring this up is we also have like a, a DM, like a rolling chat where everybody's kind of chats and DMs. And I love each and every one of them, but every time you get like somebody notable who's criticizing the chiefs officiating or the officiating a chiefs game, like the benefits Kansas city, the chat immediately devolves into like, man, I was just saying it's rigged. And you're like, guys, it, it doesn't matter. The games are not rigged. And it's it, it's completely and like th- like and, and I know like everybody both in that chat and elsewhere, like they know that and they're really smart fans, right? And it's and it's just annoying to have to hear it. And like I totally get that. Like I understand why it becomes what it becomes. But my point is, if you're a Chiefs fan, who gives you shit? Like who cares? Right? I mean, there were there were, by the way, if we want to, and I'm not even gonna do that on road, but if you wanted to, there were about four or five times in that game that Chris Jones was just tackled coming through the line of scrimmage. There was one play where he literally was tackled. Like the guy, he beat the center guard double team. He split it. And I can't remember if it was the guard or the center. The guy just put his hands around Mahomes, or Mahomes, around Jones's waist and just like went limp body, dead weight behind him. No call, nothing. Like Cousins just ended up completing it for like four yards. Like, okay, it's irrelevant. And I got to tell you on the Sneed thing, I think it was in real time. I didn't think it, it should have been a penalty. And I didn't think it should have been a penalty watch on a replay. First of all, it wasn't that much contact. Second of all, the ball was like 15 yards away from him in the end. He, he had no shot at catching that football. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I mentioned earlier. The were, for the most part, fine. And that, you know, like the Vikings don't lose that game because he officiated. The Vikings lost that game because they turned the ball over and because Cousins took a sack and a Hail Mary, among many other things. Like, yeah. that's what happened. No timeouts. Uh, shout out to D. Yeah, Cali for yeah. the. The super chat. Uh, nightly drive home from cottage, pouring rain, but it's a victory party. Happy Canadian Thanksgiving, y'all. Go Chiefs. Hashtag heal up Kelsey. Yeah, happy Canadian Thanksgiving to all of our our uh, yes. Canadians out there. Um, happy, yeah. By the way, I don't mean to step on your toe. Have you seen the Jets Twitter page? I have not. Dude, I'm going to drop this in so Richard can share this in the chat. Yeah. I'll give Richard more work. This is one of the greatest tweets of all time. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm excited to see this. Something about uh, if you're if you don't know what he's talking about, the the Jets beat the Broncos. Um, yeah, things just keep rolling for Sean Payton and Mister Unlimited. This that is phenomenal. Like that's one of the funniest. <laughs> oh, that's brutal. Yeah, yeah. We'll get it. Richard will get it up for for the. Oh, viewing. it's in the chat right now. He dropped oh, it. In. Oh, it's in the chat. Okay. Um, did One you more. see it? I haven't seen it yet. Dude, it's it's so what I mean at this point, people can check it Describe out. Describe it for our audio listeners. It is it, yes, I'm sorry. It is um you know how Kevin James played uh a Saints coach in the movies? Remember that? Yeah. That, that, that you know oh. nonsense movie. <laughs> they they photoshopped all Broncos gear on him <laughs> and then said when you lose to the off-season champs. Oh dude, no, that's that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about getting put in a body bag? Wow! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. I'll tell you what. I don't think Sean Payton will be talking any trash. No, I think he's done with that. With that yeah. for a while. Yeah, yeah. He's learned a uh, hard lesson. Yeah, Whoa. not Drew Brees. You know, it's not Drew Brees you got over there. Um, more super chats to get to. Michael Trigg, appreciate you for the super chat. Uh, Rhett, uh, Rhett Frago. The defensive line has regressed the past two games, specifically Carl Loftus. He's getting swallowed up. Do you agree with that, Verderam? I thought today Carl Loftus was quiet, uh, Rhett. I will tell you, though, I actually thought against the Jets, he had a ton of pressures. He had like three or four or five. He had a lot of pressure in that game. He was just missing sacks. So I actually thought Carl Loftus was very good in the Jets game. I agree today. Today was very quiet. Um, I also will say part of it has been a little bit of like, Today, I, I agree. I thought the defensive line did not play well today. The Jets game, I thought some of it was Wilson was just getting the ball very quickly, like very quickly. Um, but, you know, listen, they still had three sacks today, which is a good number, a very good number. I know one was on a Hail Mary. I understand that. But it, it's the biggest play of the game, and they got home, they sacked them. Um, I also – there was a few plays that even were called where they, they drew holdings where they would have sacked him. And to me, that's as good as a sack. I know, I know you don't get the, the down, but you get the yardage out of it. Um. Yeah, I thought 
I thought overall, Carl Loftus was quiet. But I thought I thought against the Jets, he played very well. He just didn't have a sack to show for it. Uh, quick update here from Jordan Schultz. Um, he's uh, at Schultz underscore report on Twitter. Yeah, does score, report. sure. Um, uh, says Travis, uh, tight end Travis Kelsey suffered a what the team believes is a high ankle sprain suffered earlier versus the Vikings. The medical staff has cleared him to return. Oh, this was from an hour ago, so I'm late on this. My bad. Um, that's what Schultz says. Did you hear anything different, Verderam? I've not heard anything. I haven't reached out to try to hear anything. I will say this I, I am not doubting Jordan, who I know and I like. Um, they taped his foot, though. Like, yeah, I thought he had a sprained foot. I got to tell you, if he had a high ankle sprain, he would have a like I know people go well Mahomes did yeah, but Mahomes is in the pocket. Right. That's different than running routes and cutting in it. I again, by the way, I also believe it was reported on the on the TV that it was a foot injury. But in any event, look, we're gonna hear anyway after the game. Um I don't I don't want to say that Jordan's incorrect because you, you may very well be right. I uh I just did not see that. I mean, you had, you know, listen, let's be real, no matter what it is, that in real time looked like a disaster. And for him to come back and play, not only play, but play really well in the half of the game. Um, kudos to him and and everybody. They look, they do what they had to do. They do what they had to do. And and thank God he didn't, you know, blow an Achilles out or something like that. Um, by the way, Charles Amenahu on Twitter is, says, yo, put eight Justin Ross in the game more. I saw that. Uh, yes, please, and thank you. Come again. Yeah. Um the field, it, it got Justin Jefferson. It got Travis Kelsey, what are they going to do about these fields, man? I mean, it's out you got to get rid of this slit turf. You have to get rid of it. And, and and I know, I know, people love to have this whole thing about like, well, you know, it's it's this new age turf. It's still not natural. It when grass when you're running on grass with these cleats, and a lot of these guys were the longer studs. When you're running and you get tackled or you're trying to cut, the grass gives. You know, even if it's not a full kick out, like it moves. You can. That turf does not move. Right. Those rubber pellets, and I look, I've I've walked on many NFL fields in my career. Like those rubber pellets make it softer, but it also makes it a little less stable because it almost feels like you're running on a like you're running on like a, a sponge. I mean, it, it's definitely a different feeling than when you're running on natural grass. Yeah. So I think it's probably time to tear out these turf fields and just accept the fact that they don't work. And listen, that's fine. Like it was it was well intended. When AstroTurf came out in the late 60s, people literally thought like, hey, this is great because it's more consistent and guys are going to have fewer injuries. The problem was it's basically a carpet on concrete. And so guys were just getting far more injuries. They're getting all kinds of turf burns. They were blowing their knees out more. Um, I think it's probably time with these fields to do away with the with slit turf, which is a special kind of turf that is, by the way, at U.S. Bank Stadium, Minnesota. I think it's, it's time to... Sun to go natural grass in all these stadiums. Couple more super chats we didn't get to just yet. Uh, our guy, angry, drunken German, sit CEH, more rice, more Ross, more Verderam. Uh, McDuffie looks like an all pro. And then on the money had a question um, said, uh, so annoying about Sky, he's lost. What are the odds Chiefs try to trade for a wide receiver like Evans, Peoples, or Boyd at the deadline? They desperately need help. I mean, I, probably zero. It's not that those guys wouldn't be interesting targets for the Chiefs, but all of those teams are kind of winning, and the Bengals won yeah, today. I don't see it. They're not gonna. They're not. They're not sellers, right? And even if they are, they're not helping the Chiefs. Okay. Um, yeah. I think the realistic targets for the Chiefs. I've said it before on the pod. I'll say it again. Darnell Mooney, I think, is a guy who makes a lot of sense. He knows their offense. He played under Matt Nagy. He had a thousand yards under Matt Nagy, despite Trubisky being his quarterback. Um, I think he makes sense. I don't think they would trade DJ Moore. I just cannot imagine that they would do that. So I'm not going to throw him out there. Marquise Brown, he's a guy. Could you trade for him? Okay, maybe. Um, Cardinals, I think, would, would, would trade him off. Um, after that, man, it's not a lot. of not a lot. I'll, I'll throw it here. I'll throw it a weird one. You know, before I open my mouth, here, you take the mic here for a second. Is there anybody that you like that we haven't talked about? Because I have one other guy, but i got to make sure contractually this works. No. I'll be honest with you. I mean, Mooney, fine. Um, Hollywood Brown is a player that I like. He's playing well. Uh, you know, he, he had spurts with the Ravens. He's played well for the Cardinals in stretches. I think he'd be a good fit for this offense. But I, I just, I, 
the Chiefs, the Chiefs have everything they need, in my opinion, on the roster with with Justin Ross, the way Christian with the way Justin Watson's playing with uh, with Rice. I, I guess I just don't think it's a move that they need to make. If anything, I, you know, I would I would maybe look at elsewhere at some other positions of need. I think they've got plenty of receivers. It's just about time, practice. Figuring out what they have, the best way to use it. I, Matt Nagy said it this week. I think by the end of the year, they'll be fine. Okay. It works financially. You know who I'd call? I'd call New England. I'd ask them what they want for Juju. Oh, interesting. That's what I would do. And I'll tell you why. Because the Chiefs, their whole thing, and I know for a fact this was their thing, was they thought the money was a little bit more than they wanted to pay. And I understand that he has not been good this year. I don't care. He knows that offense. I know that guy can produce in the offense. He had almost 1,000 yards last season. They have no ability to move the ball in New England. None. And Juju Smith-Schuster right now, they trade for him. Okay, signed for this year and two more. They would acquire his base salary, $1.1 million this year, which is prorated to less than a million bucks. The next two years, $7 million, $6.5 million, no dead money if they cut him. I don't know, man. What was that report about his knee was basically like held together with duct tape? And, oh, and if it is fine, move on from after the year. If that's the case, fine. But I got to tell you, dude, like I, I don't care. I, for what would it cost them? You got to think mean, they could get him for nothing. If New England trades them, they got to eat a couple million bucks in dead money. I think it's like five million this year, and then they're off. The, who cares? If if I'm the Chiefs, I'd call New England and be like, fifth round pick. And and if they say no, I wouldn't go any higher in a fourth. But I I'd try it. I would try doing it. If New England, if you're in New England, what do you have to lose? You're going nowhere. You're one in four. You're done. Let's face it. That team's not going anywhere this season. If I'm if I'm the Chiefs, like I'm calling on Juju, and I'm and I'm calling on Mooney. I'd rather have Mooney for the record. And yet Juju, I believe, had a concussion today. I don't even care. Like I mean, I care for him. I hope it's fine. But like in terms of acquiring him, I don't care. Yeah. If I'm the Chiefs, I'm not. I'm not saying he's had a good year this year. He's not. The dude had almost a thousand yards in this offense a year ago, and Mahomes loved having him. If, and if he doesn't work out, what are you giving up? I mean, what does it matter? Like, if you're the Chiefs, you can you can get that pick back when some guy leaves in free agency. You get the comp pick for him. Like, I'm willing to take that shot. If I'm the Chiefs, I want Mooney over anybody. I'd rather have Marquise Brown over Juju, but if they if they can't get those two guys, I'm, I'm going to take a flyer on Juju. Yeah. Give me a break. What's a worst case scenario? He doesn't do anything. You cut him after. So what? Fine. I mean, if I'm the Chiefs, that is a no cost, no risk situation. I would absolutely make that phone call. It is plug and play production. I know we got to get you out of here. Before you do, though, I just want to know what your thoughts are on the play of Patrick Mahomes today. Uh, obviously, he. Said himself this week, he hasn't played his best ball this year. Some of it's his fault, some of it's not. A better game from him today. Obviously, no no terrible turnovers. He didn't run today, which was was interesting. Um, it's my second time in his career. He's not rushing yeah, it down. Yeah. Uh, How did you think he played today? Thought it was okay. I thought it was okay. Um, I thought he played better in the second half of the game. I mean, six point nine yards per attempt for him is not anything to write home about. It's not, it's not a great day. Um, but I thought overall, look, 31 of 41, 281, two touchdowns, no mistakes. Like, I thought by most standards, it's a very good game. By his standards, it's a good game. It's a game to build on. And now they get the worst defense in the world coming in there on Thursday. If they can't like Denver up, it's a five alarm fire. Yeah. Yeah. The, I think Isaiah Pacheco is going to have a big, big day uh, against the Denver Broncos on Thursday. And they may not have Travis Kelsey. For that game, if it is a high ankle sprain, as, as Tony Roma was saying on the broadcast, it swells up after short week. If I'm the Chiefs, if he's in any sort of pain, I'm probably sitting him in that one. But that's one the Chiefs probably can can get without him. All right, Verderam, right before you leave, who gets your arrowhead for their performance today? Uh I, I gotta say, I think it's probably it's probably Kelsey. I mean, the guy comes back and scores a touchdown and gets the job done. Um, I, I think he's, he's he gets my heart. He played he played really well. Um, after going down with an injury that looked like it was pretty serious. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As we get a cameo here, 
Yeah, yeah this little one, she's very, uh, not very under the weather. So, oh, hanging well, in, waiting for pizza to arrive. But uh, you say go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. We're going to be at the game Thursday, her first game at Arrowhead. So, she's That's very excited. Fantastic. Fantastic. Say hi to Patrick Mahomes for me. And uh, you guys enjoy the game on Thursday. Enjoy the pizza. And thanks for you joining us, Verderam. Is going to be at, <laughs> at the game. Do you, you have the information on that, Patrick? Is Taylor Swift going to be there? Because Maisie oh, would like to know. She'll be there. I think she'll be there. Now, I think she's going back on tour. I don't know. I don't want to get your hopes up. I don't want to cause you trouble, Verderam. Yeah, we don't know. We're gonna we're gonna wait. We're gonna see. We're gonna get there. We're gonna see. <laughs> All right, y'all have a fantastic night. Thank you, Matt Verderam, Sports Illustrated. Make sure you read his stuff over there at si.com every day. All right. Uh, let's bring in our guy, Joe Summers, wrapping this podcast up. Joe, how you doing, brother? Uh, Joe was with me during halftime. That was a, a little bit of a, a nail biter. As we as we talked about at halftime, we thought it would probably come down to the wire. But I got to ask you, Joe, is there anybody on the team you would run through a wall more for than Travis Kelsey? Oh, man. I was feeling so doom and gloom at halftime. And the way that he came out in the second half and battling and making impactful, consistent plays was incredible to see. Like I, I know we all believe he's the greatest tight end of all time, one of the greatest Chiefs this era, but it's so cool to just see a reminder. Like, no, this is one of the best Kansas City athletes, period, that we've ever had the pleasure of watching. And I hope he's all right coming up this week. I think that they put him out in the Hail Mary was a good indication, at least how they feel about it. Yeah. But as soon, as soon as he came back out and immediately Pat was going to him, I felt so much better than I did when we were doing the halftime. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, look, man, you never want these guys to go out there and, and hurt themselves or anything like that. But when you see Travis Kelsey, like when you're a fan and, and, and as obviously we're both sitting here in, in, in Chiefs jerseys right now. Um, love the weight, by the way. Good call. All right. Back um, at you. <laughs> uh, when when you see a guy like Travis Kelsey, like who's been playing for so like. Nobody would blame him, right, if he was just like, look, man, I got two Super Bowls. I'm dating Taylor Swift. I'm filthy rich. I'm an NFL Hall of Famer. My foot hurts. I'm going to sit this one out and, and wait for some more important games. Not Travis Kelsey, man. That's why he's great. He's not wired that way. He gets up. He throws his helmet down. He's furious. He's mad. He goes into the, the locker room, gets some treatment, comes out with that sucker taped up, and goes out there and scores a touchdown for this team. The the deciding touchdown, right? Mm-hmm. Chiefs win by seven. Travis Kelsey is all-timer. All-timer. And it just like it's so cool to sit here and watch him grow his legend as a, you know, as a Chiefs player. Um, that man is never gonna have to buy a drink in Kansas City for as long as he lives. It's just really cool to see. And I, I hope, I hope he's okay. I'm, I am worried about his availability on Thursday. With this injury, it's one of these things. And 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 Arrowhead Addicts uh, co-founder and, and my boss Zach Best, I was I was chatting with him during the game, and he's very adamant about like when these things happen, particularly with a player like Kelsey, like the first game of the year, like I kind of wanted Kelsey to play, and he was like, "Not done." Like he's old, you know. You like one injury can lead to another, and I think he's right. You know, it, it, you don't with a guy like Kelsey who's so so important and so vital to this offense. You don't want to risk it. You got a game coming up on Thursday with Denver. They're in an absolute tailspin. They stink. They can do they can do some things on offense sometimes, but they're not good. Their defense is historically bad. They just lost to the Jets, thirty-one to twenty-one. Zach Wilson went out there, didn't exactly light them up, but uh, the the Brees Hall ran for 177 yards on 22 carries in this game, just ran all over them. Russell Wilson, 196 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions. This just feels like a game on a short week that the Chiefs, the Chiefs should just take care of business, right? I completely agree. And you know that Kelsey is going to push to play. Part of my favorite the quirks of his personality was uh, illustrated in the play where he tried to sneak his way onto the field uh, right before the rice touchdown. Yes, uh, yeah. I'd love to see that. So we're going to try to play, but if there's a game to sit him, you know, you're going to have the 10 days of rest after this game, the Broncos just let Pacheco run the ball 75 million times a day. They gave up a buck 77 to Brees today. They let uh, Devon Achan and Mostert go off. They, every running back that's facing them is dominating them. So, 
if you're going to have a game to sit Kelsey and just kind of run a, a simple <laughs> vanilla game plan, this is the one to do it, particularly if it turns out to be an injury that can be aggravated. If it's an injury that can get worse without a couple weeks of rest, then just sit him. We, we don't need him right now, especially yeah. sitting at four and one controlling our destiny. Yeah, and even the even the even if he can't make that injury worse, when guys get hurt, then they start it, it throws the whole body out of whack, right? Because like, okay, mm-hmm. well, this hurts. So I'm putting a little I'm 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 putting pressure on other muscles and ligaments mm. and joints to try to compensate. And that's what happens sometimes. Like that was a worry with Joe Burrow, right? With the calf injuries. Like he's out there running around. This these tend to linger. And then like what happens if these, you know, the Achilles pops? Because now there's more, there's more pressure on the Achilles. So I mean, when I saw Travis Kelsey reach down for his lower ankle, like in the Achilles area, I was terrified. So the fact that he went out there and helped them win the game is great. If he's Especially take, on the turf and the slips. If he's got to take that. two weeks off, fine. Three weeks, don't care. As you mentioned, they're in a good position right now at, at uh, four and one. I believe they're still the number one seed in the AFC. I think it's just them and the Dolphins at this point. And the Dolphins lost to the Bills. Um, so I think the Chiefs are still the number one seed. They got the Broncos coming up. Then they go the Chargers. And they've got back-to-back home games after two on the road. So – that's another nice thing. These short week games are always wonky because guys are sore. They're banged up. You don't get your usual preparation. But this is a team the Chiefs know a little bit, although they've got a new head coach. Um, but they've got a chance to have a nice stretch here if they can take care of business in these two divisional games uh, or three. So they got Broncos, Chargers, Broncos mm-hmm. before they go to Germany to take on the Dolphins. So. Um, big stretch for the Chiefs, good chance to get right. But back to this game, and let us know if you've got questions in the chat. Let us know on YouTube. Make sure you hit that like button. Appreciate that. And shout out to MT for the super chat. Uh, sent the super sticker. I really appreciate you for that. It really does help support the show. Um, what were your thoughts on on Mahomes in this one, Joe? You know, he's not putting up the MVP-like gaudy numbers that he was last season. Um, 31 of 41. 281, 6.9 uh, average there. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. He was sacked twice. Are you worried about Mahomes, or is this just like kind of a sluggish start to the season for the whole offense, and he's a part of that? It, it kind of feels like they're just changing the the dynamic of the offense a little bit. So much of it this season has been short routes, convert a third and short, and just keep the chains moving as opposed to these big plays. And I thought in that sense, you did a good job. Five of our eight drives lasted at least nine plays. I thought coming out of the second half, Mahomes was really good. And then obviously we had the two punts at the end of the game that gave Minnesota a chance that I didn't like so much. But on the whole, sustained drives were there. The the pass to Justin Watson was reminiscent of Jet Chip Wasp and, and the play in the Super Bowl to Tyreek. That was vintage Mahomes play. And I think that as as the season progresses and he figures out this new play style, I mean, it's the same thing like when um, defenses started taking away the deep ball and it took him some time to adjust. It kind of feels like we're going through an adjustment period right now for him. And that he was able to finish the game by making the plays when he had to to put us up. I'm encouraged about and I'm encouraged about the play overall from the young wide receivers, you know, Rasheed Rice drawing another five targets, getting in the end zone. I think he has eight red zone targets now. Ross getting more involved, I'd like to see. He's got his reliable, Mr. Reliable and Justin Watson. And I think as he gets more comfortable, it's going to be back to normal. But that he had those vintage plays while having the sustained drives was encouraging to me as opposed to, to last week where we just had the couple runs at the end and things like that. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I think it's just a – they just don't seem to get into a rhythm. And when they do, things move really nicely. And I think that a lot of people are saying uh, – this week, a lot of people were saying to me, it looks like he doesn't trust the receivers. And I think that he does, just maybe not on every play. And so I think mm-hmm. you can see, like, when they're moving, like that that drive in the, to start the third quarter, they were rocking and rolling. And then they'll be going along, and then there'll be some times where he kind of pulls the ball down and he's not sure where to go. And I, I, I noticed a couple of times where I thought he could have gone to his check down and he didn't. Mm. Um, just a couple of little things. I think he's just still getting into the, the rhythm of the season. But, I mean, you can't complain too much. Um, they're 4-1. They're and one, And uh, they really should have won that first game. You know, I mean, they, they had the ball. They had the catch. It, just, they dro- it was dropped. So, mm. you know, uh, they've lost by one game by one point so far this year. And I think as fans, we've just got uh, – with this team – it's Super Bowl or bust, right? And you want them to look like an absolute juggernaut 
right from the start. But this is what championship teams do is they figure it out. And so this is a long season and they, they play, these guys play a lot of games every year. So, the, you know, the fact that things aren't like, it's not running like a well-oiled machine right now. I wouldn't be too concerned about that. Um, like I said, they got a long way to go. They'll figure it out on the offensive side of the ball. The other thing is that this defense has been so good. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're a tiny bit less aggressive than they usually are. You I mean you saw it in this game, right? Like they were kind of, I was kind of like, hey man, like go for it on that fourth down. Don't punt it. Don't give them the ball back. You know that these guys have a pretty good uh, offense, but Andy trusted the defense to make the to make the play and to not give up some big massive play and they've been really good about that. So, I mean, this was a we talked about it this week. This was a good test for this mm-hmm. defense. And they showed up and on the offensive side of the ball, Nine and fifteen on third down. You know what I mean? Like there's still like it's I I I don't know, man. Like it's weird because when you look at it, you're like, they're doing fine. Like they're they're fine. They're just not all world right now. Well, and if you told us at the in the pregame show even that Kirk Cousins was gonna average six yards in attempt, Justin Jefferson was gonna have twenty-eight receiving yards, that we would take that ten times out of ten. And Cousins padded his numbers a lot at the end of the game with those passes to Jordan Addison. Uh Got to give a special shout out. In my opinion, the MVP of the team to this point of the season is Trent McDuffie. He is having a legitimate certified all-pro season. Looks like one of the best tacklers in the league, which is wild from that position. Yeah. Had three quarterback hits, three pass deflections today. Again, his contributions on Jefferson were fantastic. And this coming after, you know, we held Calvin Ridley in check. Amon Ross St. Brown under his season averages. We're performing really well against top wide receivers. And it all starts with McDuffie uh, with a shout-out to Snead, too. He thought he played really well today, too. Yeah, and I saw somebody um, uh, read in the chat says, I'm worried about the Chiefs finally playing – good teams uh they're playing messy and bad against bad defenses well i would challenge you on that the detroit lions are a pretty damn good team mm-hmm. um and they came in and played really hard in week one Chiefs should have beat them the jacksonville jaguars are a good team they've had their struggles early this year but part of that's because they played the kansas city chiefs they just knocked off the buffalo bills today their defense played lights out in that game uh they were tough the chiefs lit the bears up like they should have and then they played the jets which is a bad team with a really good defense and their defense has looked worse at times this year because the offense has been so putrid that it's putting them in bad situations. But when the chiefs played them, the jets offense played really well. Zach Wilson had the game of his NFL career, had a really good second half and a couple really good drives. And so that made things that that was more what the jets were expecting, what, how they played in that game with Aaron Rodgers. So, and then you go against this Vikings team, which just, I, Justin Jefferson, guys, Justin Jefferson for the first three games of the season had like over 150 yards receiving. Now, I know he didn't finish this one, but he wasn't getting 150 yards receiving. If he finished this game, he was going to finish this game with like maybe 70 or 80 yards. The Chiefs did a tremendous job on him. So, you know, from a defensive perspective, you should be feeling really good because the, this Chief, the Chiefs team has been tested. They played the Lions, t- which is a very good offense, with Amon Ross St. Brown, tough, without Chris Jones, and without Travis Kelsey, mm-hmm. if those guys play that game, the Chiefs are undefeated right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think they've done a nice job. They did a nice job against Lawrence, who's a good quarterback. And then, the, you know, they'll get tested again against that Chargers offense in a couple of weeks and against the Dolphins. And then they're going to play the Eagles. Right. And they're they're a good, well-rounded team. So, I mean, there's going to be plenty of tests for the Chiefs. The, the, the Bengals look like they woke up today from their slumber. Um, so Chiefs will have plenty of tests. And it's not how you start. It's how you finish. And right now they started four and one. So I'll, I'll take that. And and speaking of not how you start, how you finish, uh, our own Adam Best pointed this out on Twitter today. How about zero penalties for Juwan Taylor? How about <laughs> right. it? How about it? That was beautiful well, to see. Sure. That's the progress that we want to see. And yeah, and yeah I agree. Like they're going to, there's plenty of opportunities to be tested, which is why I'm not overly concerned yet. As it looks like Mahomes is going through some of these adjustment periods and growing pains by the time we get to week 11 12 13 I, I better be ironed out and in the meantime the defense has given me the confidence that once we the offense gets ironed out we're going to be as complete of a team as there is in the league yeah i i think this team is really good i gotta mm-hmm. be honest with you i know there are some warts right now but i <laughs> when i think about its potential 
Charles Amenehu coming back to this defense, which has been the best defensive team that she's had in a long time. And I think the most top to bottom, I still think this is the most talented group of wide receivers that she's ever had. I know some people are going to disagree with me on that, but I think when you look at Ross, I think you look at Rice, I think they're really good. Um, I think they're going to be just fine by the time we get to the end of the year. I, Thursday's a great game to just throw Justin Ross out there and be like, have a day, kid. You know, especially if Travis Kelsey can't play, getting another big body in there, let him even run, let him up tight end. I don't care. <laughs> let him run some of those routes that you would normally have Travis Kelsey do when you when you send him out wide. Um, if, if if as long as the route running's there, he should be fantastic. Um, all right, we're gonna get to our players of the game now. Let us know in the chat. This is a segment that we call earning their arrowheads, where we award arrowheads to a few players that we think just showed out for the Chiefs in this one. Joe, I'll let you uh, kick us off. Who gets some arrowheads for you for the performance against Minnesota Vikings? Well, I'll still Verderam's thunder and agree completely on Kelsey. I think it goes without saying we've covered why. This is just another hallmark storybook mm-hmm. game in a career full of them. So, so Kelsey McDuffie was incredible today. If, if you were doing all pro voting right now, I think he'd probably be first team, if not second team. Sneed played really great today. And I was also really encouraged by the play late of Drew Tranquil making some key tackles and Mike Danis. So I think they stepped up defensively. And then offensively, like the, it didn't quite come all the way, but Rasheed Rice's full-fledged breakout is coming. It's the fourth game out of our five that he has had at least five targets made a really nice catch to, to get the touchdown in the end zone and he seems to be the guy in the red zone with the eight targets now on the season in the red zone I believe is the number um, so I'll go with those guys but number one for me is going to be is going to be McDuffie outside of Kelsey yeah I mean Kelsey's just what a dog man absolutely he gets an arrowhead for me it goes mm-hmm. without saying and I'm with you on McDuffie man you know, uh, six tackles, three passes defended, and three quarterback hits from from your cornerback. That's not that's not too shabby. And you got to give one to Legereus Sneed, who also defended two passes and got a quarterback hit, and was traveling around with Justin Jefferson. I mean, you want to talk about a valuable piece? I know he's going to be up due up for a contract. I don't know what the Chiefs' cap situation is going to be or if they can afford it, but they should seriously consider re-signing that guy uh i know they haven't liked to pay cornerbacks in the past but he's just so versatile for them i know i beat this drum every time we have a podcast but his 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 ability to rush the pass or his ability to tackle his ability to cover to match up with different guys move inside and out he's just absolutely fantastic for them um on the offensive side of the ball i gotta go justin watson two Mm -hmm. spectacular Mm -hmm. catches for 56 yards Uh, On three targets, both of those catches were really impressive and were really integral to the Chiefs winning this game. Um, So I got to give them some love. And I know we didn't have like a crazy flashy day, like yardage wise, but Isaiah Pacheco, 16 Mm -hmm. carries for 55 yards and a touchdown. Look, you saw what happened when Clyde Edwards-Alaire tried to run the ball. The, The Vikings do not have the world's greatest run defense, but they played well in this game. And you, they mentioned this on the broadcast several times that Isaiah Pacheco squeezed through some some really tight windows on that Chiefs offensive line and got some key conversions for them. There were so many plays where I felt like if it was a lesser back, it would have been a gain for one or two yards, and he got four, right? So those little things matter. He runs so damn hard. He's fantastic. He's going to have a monster. Mark, mark my words. Yes. If he is healthy – he is going to run all over the Denver Broncos on Thursday night. I think he's going to be feeling pretty fresh. He did get 16 carries in this game. That's not crazy workload. They don't overwork him too much. This should be a game where he just goes absolutely bananas all over the Denver Broncos. The whole team. They should just they should just run him right out of the building. Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, let's see who, uh, who gets arrowheads from you in the chat. Zach Best says Sneed was a straight bully mm-hmm. that was balling. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's fantastic. Um, let me see if I can find any more arrowheads from the chat. Uh, no, I'm not seeing yeah, it. Tra- tranquil in there from Sean. Tranquil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tranquil. He, uh, he um, was it Tranquil or Chanel that on the first play of the game, like, got bailed out by that that penalty or by the, the fumble? 
uh, on the screen. I didn't see who it was, but he got, <laughs> he got stiff, the old stiff arm to the helmet, um, and then his teammate came and bailed him out. But we didn't really talk about that turnover, but that was huge for the teams in this one. Absolutely. And, you know, it, the Vikings' whole thing the whole season has been turning the ball over. So the bam, very first play to do that and then to create, uh, you know, scoring possession on that drive, it was key. And shout out Brian Cook making another big play back to back weeks now, getting the fumble recovery on that one. And um, so it's nice to win the turnover battle and uh, to escape the day, you know, plus one in that regard. Um, I do think that moving forward, we're going to be able to need to create some more turnovers. Like the, I know that we were putting a lot of pressure on Kirk Cousins. We haven't had a huge game breaking like strip sack or anything like that yet. So I think something like that is coming. Um, and in the meantime, just keep putting pressure on him because the way that it seemed like every time, except for the last couple of drives, when a Vikings receiver had the ball touch their hands, there's one of our corners or linebackers right there knocking it out. So that kind of physicality was really great to see too. Yeah, man. Eight passes defended in this game for the Chiefs. Five tackles for a loss, three sacks. And you love to see it. Uh, we're getting some more of the arrowheads. Um, Mason Wright says, Juwan Taylor. Sure, man. Yeah, did his job. Uh, he, he's been under fire and and stood tall today. Red says uh, Kelsey was an obvious one. Evan Evan says it was Chanel that got, got the stiff arm of doom. Um, angry Drunken German says, Naughty had a tackle in the running game where he looked like Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. Get over here. The Chiefs had a lot of those Derek Naughty type guys, Tershawn Wharton, uh, that just are, they're just like good, solid contributors to this team that aren't always going to, they'll occasionally get a little bit of the spot like, like, like uh, Turk did with the fumble recovery last week. But those guys are, are really important as well. Um, so love to see how they're playing. Uh, would love to see a little more pass rush from mm. from George and Felix, but I think it'll come. Uh, George has been pretty solid this uh, this year. Kyle says Vikings four or five on fourth down. Yeah, they were, they were. You don't like to see that, but also you. It, it is nice to know that like teams are just like you're, you're forcing teams to go for it because they don't know if they're going to be able to beat you. Um, so that's something that the Chiefs have in kind of in their back pocket here. Kyle says Pacheco hits those those tight holes hard. He does, man. I mean, he just runs right through there. And that's where I think some running backs, particularly young ones, can get into trouble because they just dance around a little bit. Pacheco's actually had to get more patient. Like, that's his thing. But mm -hmm. he sees those holes. He shoots in there because they close they close fast. So I'm feeling great. Uh, let see if I got any more arrowheads I want to give out on this one. Uh, You're not giving one to Clyde? <laughs> no Clyde I'm sorry man uh, I'll give one I'll give one to Rishi Rice too man that I mentioned it earlier with Verdran but that pass he caught on the on the goal line for the touchdown that was a ball he's dropped like three times this mm -hmm. season so when I saw him catch it with his hands out I was when I saw I was like oh god here we go um and he he pulled it in so just a good good team win for the Chiefs in a these do not come easy and again this, this Vikings team, I don't know, maybe they fold. They've got some issues. I do not think they're going to be a terrible team this year. I know they're one and four right now. I know they've struggled, but they've got a lot of talent, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. It just it hasn't gone their way. You know, they lost by three to Tampa Bay, 34-28 um, to Philadelphia, but they've been in most of their games. Uh, I think they'll turn it around the second half. And, and good news for the Vikings – they go to Chicago to play the Bears next week. So um, I know the Bears are on a little bit of a heater, but that defense is putrid. So if you got Justin Jefferson in a fantasy league, light a candle that his, his injury isn't serious because he's going to go off against that Chicago Bears defense. Any, uh, any parting thoughts for you, Joe, before we wrap this sucker up? I was going to say, uh, it's Joe High in the chat pointed out Chris Jones another sack. I believe it's seven consecutive games now for him. He's at four and a half on the season, so he's he's coming out and dominating. Um, like he didn't miss any time, so that's great to see. And I, yeah, I think we're going to keep getting better. The next three games, divisional games, two of which get to be against the Broncos. We have a great opportunity to to enter this next twenty one day stretch and then exit ahead of the game against the Dolphins, feeling really nice. So let's get Kelsey healthy. And, and let's let's get the guys that that have, have these lagging nagging injuries um, healthy, and then move forward for the real tough stretch of the schedule uh, here, starting in about three weeks. Bank wins this, you know. Bank bank as many wins as you can if you're the Chiefs. Big important stretch of divisional games coming up here because if you're the Chiefs, 
I mean, let's look at the standings real quick. So you're you're going to take on the Broncos twice in in two weeks. Now they're not they're not a threat to win the division or even make the playoffs at this point, but they're one and four. You take care of business against the Broncos. One, you extend the winning streak over this team to I think 17 games, which is just hilarious. Um, so that's very important to me as somebody who likes to talk shit on on Twitter to opposing fans. Um, but you you're, you 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 wipe them off the map. You eliminate them. And then if you win this game against the Chargers that sandwich in the middle of those games, you have a chance to drop them to they're two and two right now. And they're on their bye right now. And they come back. So they play the Cowboys next week mm. on Sunday night football, it looks like. So, so um, we get them after they play the physical Cowboys. Right. They're going to go up against that, that Cowboys defense, which is very good. Um, they are at home, but that could be an L for them. So they could be coming into this, into this game two and three. The Chiefs are going to be coming into this game probably five and one after they wipe the floor at the Denver Broncos. So if you're the Chiefs, you take care of the, the Chargers. I mean, you, they had the division wrapped up by Thanksgiving last year. They'll have a shot at that again. If things go their way and they keep winning. So this is a big, big, important stretch for the Chiefs. Hopefully Travis Kelsey is healthy and the offense continues to find its rhythm. But I, I don't I mean, it would have been uh, unreasonable to to hope that the Chiefs were undefeated at this point in the season. And they are a dropped pass away from that. So all the things that they got to work on is a work in progress all season long. All they got to do is be ready when the playoffs come. And I think they will be. Thank you so much for joining us for all of our slate of shows today from the pregame show to the halftime show to the postgame show. We will be back next week with our regularly, regularly scheduled programming starting on Tuesday. And we'll take you all the way through the game on Thursday night football against the lowly, lowly Denver Broncos uh, for our whole crew today for uh, Matt Connor, Sterling Holmes, Matt Verram, Joe Summers, of course, Producer Richard, my name is Patrick Allen. Hit that like button on the way out. Make sure you're subscribed. We will see you next week. But until then, as always, go Chiefs.